Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today as we walk through the Bible together. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 16 through 20, and this is where we see the rise of David and the decline of Saul the king. Verse 1 of chapter 16 starts with God asking Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? God commanded Samuel to fill his horn with oil, unlike the vial with Saul, and he was to go to Bethlehem to Jesse's home because I have provided me a king among his sons. Samuel fears that Saul will kill him, but God says to go as if you were making a sacrifice and invite Jesse in to join you. He went to Jesse's and his sons and called them to sacrifice. The one to be anointed they thought would be the oldest, for he looked the part of the new king. But then we get that famous verse, number seven, for the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Jesse brought seven of his sons before Samuel, yet none of them were selected as God's man. Samuel had to ask if he had any more sons, and Jesse said the youngest was out tending the sheep. So Samuel said, go get him, for we will not eat until he comes. When he came, the Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Then Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Then in verse 14, we see that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Saul's servants recommended a musician to help soothe him, and David was mentioned Whenever the evil spirit came, David would come and play his harp, and Saul was refreshed, and the evil spirit departed from him. In chapter 17, we see the infamous story of David and Goliath. The Philistines came up against Israel in the tribe of Judah, and they were on two mountains. Goliath came down from his mountain into the valley and would goad the Israelites to have someone come down and fight them. He did this for 40 days. Goliath was huge, bigger than Saul. His armor covered his head to his feet with a huge spear and shield. Goliath said, if anyone can kill me, then we will serve you. And if I kill your warrior, then you will serve us. Saul and his army were dismayed. Well, one day David's father sent him to the front lines to bring provisions for his three brothers as well as the officers. So David got up early, he left the sheep with a keeper, took the food, and went. It says when he got there, David left his carriage with the keeper of the carriage. David seems to be an extremely responsible young man. His brothers told him what was going on, and David asked, What should be done to the one who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. It seems his oldest brother is jealous of him, like Joseph's brothers were of him and his coat of many colors. Well, he kept asking, and word got to Saul that David might be willing to fight Goliath. 
At first, Saul said no, because he was only a youth, and Goliath was a warrior. And David said, I fought a lion who was after my flock, and I killed it, and I delivered the lamb from his mouth. And then David said he had killed a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, especially since he has defied the armies of the living God. Interestingly, David does not say the armies of Saul. David said that the Lord who delivered him from the lion and the bear will deliver him out of the hand of the Philistine. So Saul said, go. He gave him his own armor and sword, but it was too heavy and he was not used to them. He took his weapons, a staff in hand, five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in his shepherd's bag, and he had his sling. David went out and faced Goliath, which angered Goliath that they sent out such a young, small man. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. We then have another famous verse from David, the shepherd. You come to me with a sword and spear and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. David says he will kill him, that all the earth will know there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly will know that the Lord saves, not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. The battle did not take long at all. Basically, Goliath stood up. They ran to each other. David took a stone from his bag, slung it, and hit the Philistine in the forehead. He fell upon his face to the earth. David took Goliath's sword and took it from the sheath, which means Goliath didn't even get it out yet. And he slew him and he cut his head and the Philistines fled. The men of Israel and of Judah arose. They shouted and pursued the Philistines. David took the head and brought it to Jerusalem, but he kept his armor. Then Abner, the captain of the host, brought Daniel and the head before Saul. And they learned that he was the son of Jesse from Bethlehem. In chapter 18, we see an extremely close friendship emerge with David and Saul's son, Jonathan. It seems partly because they both fought for the Lord. From the moment of Goliath on, David became Saul's warrior. God was raising him up to the point that the women would sing and dance to meet the king after coming home from war. And they said, Saul has slain thousands and David ten thousands. Once Saul heard that, he kept his eye on David. Verse 9. One time when David had come to play his harp for King Saul, Saul tried to kill him with a javelin. Verse 12 says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Saul sent him to battle in hopes that he would die. But because the Lord was with him and gave him wisdom, he always succeeded and the people loved him. At first, Saul promised his oldest daughter as a wife, but then Saul had her marry someone else. The youngest daughter loved David. So Saul said, if you bring a hundred foreskins of the uncircumcised Philistines, that would be enough payment for my youngest daughter, Michal. So David and his men killed 200 men, and he brought their foreskins, and David became the son-in-law to the king. This made Saul even more afraid, and verse 29 says, And Saul became David's enemy continually. In chapter 19, Saul told Jonathan and his servants to kill David. 
Jonathan, Saul's son, spoke to David and told him, Go and hide, and I'll talk with my father. And if he still wants to kill you, I will let you know. So the first time, Jonathan asked his father to not kill him, for he had done the kingdom so much good. Saul listened to Jonathan and swore not to kill him. The next day, there was a battle. David went out and fought valiantly. And so the next time he played his harp for him, Saul had that evil spirit and he grabbed the javelin again in order to kill David. But David slipped away. This time, Saul sent messengers to spy out his house. Michal, David's wife, also Saul's daughter, noticed that these men were spying out the house. So she let him out of a window to escape. She put an idol in his bed. So when they came to kill him, they would see the idol and think that David was still there. Saul then asked her why she betrayed him. And she lied and said, David made her or he would kill her. David fled and came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done. And then they went and stayed in Naoth. Saul sent messengers, but the Spirit of God came upon them. When they met prophets who were prophesying, they prophesied too. This happened with three different messengers from Saul. Then Saul himself came, and then he prophesied. And this time he stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and laid on the floor night and day. They once again said, Is Saul also among the prophets? David ran back to Jonathan and asked, What have I done, and why does your father seek to kill me? So they made a pact. David would hide in a nearby field, and there was a great meal that was to attend because of the new moon. On the first night, when David didn't show, Saul did not mention David. He thought, Something must have happened to make him unclean. And then it repeats, Surely he is unclean. On the second night, David was missing, so Saul asked Jonathan why. Jonathan said David asked to be excused because he had to go to Bethlehem for a family matter. This time Saul's anger kindled against Jonathan and said, You son of a rebellious woman, didn't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse? As long as he is alive, you will not be king. Now go and get him, for he will surely die. Jonathan asked why. What has he done? This time Saul took the javelin and tried to kill his own son, Jonathan. And he realized that his dad was going to do it and that it was set in his mind. So Jonathan got up and left. The next morning, Jonathan went out to the appointed field at the appointed time. He shot an arrow and told the lad to run and find it. He then cried out, Is not the arrow beyond you? The lad got the arrows, brought them back to his master, and Jonathan had him take them all back to the city. As soon as the lad was gone, David got up and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times before Jonathan. They kissed each other on the cheeks. They both wept, but David wept more. Jonathan said, Go in peace, for we have sworn to one another in the name of the Lord. And then he said, The Lord be between me and your seed and between my seed and your seed forever. David left and Jonathan returned to the city. Here we end as David now leaves the kingdom and starts living on the run from Saul. There are a few things we can ask ourselves from this lesson. Number one, this section starts with God asking Samuel, How long will you be mourning? 
you know, I've been a pastor's wife for 30 years, and I'm in a different role, but it still involves local churches. And the number of Christians who have left church or even left the faith are too many to count. Some leave before I ever get to know them well, but others I consider dear friends, and I'm crushed. I mourned a long time for some of them. But there is a time to let go and to move forward and to let the next stage in God's plan happen. We can also pray for them when God brings them to our mind that he will bring them back into his fold. We have a hope that God is still at work and he has a plan. And as we are faithful to him, we will be a part of God's plan. Sometimes we have to let go of what we are hoping something will be and realize that God has different plans. So I ask you, is there someone in your life that you need to let go and stop mourning and move forward? Secondly, as David approached Goliath, he said, I will kill you so that the world knows there is a God and that the children of Israel know they belong to the Lord of hosts. What do you know? Do you know that God fights for you? Do you know that there is a God in heaven? When the world looks at you, do they see someone that God is with, like David? Do you have the courage and confidence that comes with knowing God is on your side? Or are you like King Saul, where fear and jealousy and hatred have taken over your soul? One time early in our ministry, I had the task of teaching a senior woman's Sunday school class. The first 30 minutes, the women who had husbands complained about them, and the widows complained about something else. I kept trying to bring the class back to the scripture in the lesson. One Sunday, I came home from church and said, God, I don't want to be a bitter old woman. I don't want to be a bitter old woman. I don't want to be a bitter old woman. And God very gently said, then don't be a bitter young woman. Zing, conviction. I needed to deal with some issues in my own life to keep me from bitterness. Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, then you have received a gift, and it is not too late. Listen and obey to what he's called you to do. And ladies, if you don't hear his voice, and you haven't for a while, then plead out to him one more time. Ask him to soften your heart so that you may believe. If you seek him, you will find him if you seek for him with all of your heart. Choosing to listen today is the great first step. The Bible also says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Don't harden your hearts like King Saul did. Let's be women who obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.